When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Passing Shot Extra Slice, where Kim and I debate one topic from the tennis world. This week, we are going to be discussing who our favourite tennis players are from outside the big four and why. We're talking the obscure, the eccentric, the underappreciated and overlooked men and women who we love to follow on the ATP and WTA circuits, even if they're not destined for greatness. Kim, I hope you're excited because I feel like I've finally found an episode for you to talk wholeheartedly about Dennis Istomin. Oh, Dennis a Menace. Yeah, Joel, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I love Dennis Isterman. He is my, you know, Rafa Nadal is my number one, but Dennis Isterman, totally my number two. I love the super cool glasses he wears. I, mean, what is- I love his mum who coaches him. I've seen him all around the world, Joel. I'm a massive fan. I mean, what is going on there? It's just so <laughs> random. It's so obscure. I don't know if it's just like, is it the glasses? Is it just the glasses? Because it can't no, be his tennis ability, surely. It's not, because I was a fan of his long before he started wearing the glasses. And it's funny that me and my um, my mum and some other people that I've, you know, gone to tennis with over the years, we've just, he's one of those players that we've just seen a lot of, like, uh, especially like at the British tournaments, like Eastbourne, you know, everywhere we went, there he would be. So I think I just kind of got to start following him. And um, there was always this woman, actually, that used to sit at his matches. And I, you know, without fail, she'd always be there. And I haven't seen her in a while. So, no, it wasn't me. It was like, I don't know, his his super fan. You know, I, I he has a lot of fans, Joel. You know, come come, what you might think. He's super popular. I'm not caught up in Istamin mania. However, <laughs> I guess my, my nominated, like, favourite obscure sort of player... As you well know, as listeners may well know, Malek Yaziri, oh, Tunisia's, Tunisia's greatest ever, <laughs> greatest ever sportsman. I mean, do they have any other sportsmen? I don't know. Possibly. He I don't is. Know. He, he's a living legend, Kim. A living legend of the <laughs> tennis game. I just love that he's just like slaved away playing tennis his whole career and just kind of. I mean, he's had a few good results here and there. He's got to you know quarterfinal of a two fifty here. Uh, <laughs> semi-final amazing yeah challenger challenger there or whatever (laughs) i mean did were you a fan of his before we saw him at the australian open in the first round playing against salvatore caruso in that classic fifth set (laughs) were you a fan of his before or was that the defining moment for you joel i think that was the defining moment and actually 
I'm going to say it now, Kim. It was that match between Yaziri and Caruso where it was late night, Australian Open round one, and, and we were like sitting with each other watching it in, in deep into that fifth set. I feel like that was the start of the Passing Shot Tennis podcast proper. <laughs> that, was a, that was a real moment. I had a, had a spark. And Malik Yaziri is almost kind of, he's ingrained himself in the law of the passing shot. So that's why I love him. It's the genesis of the podcast we owe to Malik Jaziri. So he definitely needs to be the first player guest that we have on the pod. Let's try and make this happen. Jaziri for the passing (laughs) shot. I mean, have they ever played each other, Joel? Jaziri and and Dennis, our favourites. It's funny you mention that, Kim, because I... I went on to his Wikipedia to see if I could find any interesting nuggets out there. And I didn't actually realise that a few years ago, back in 2015, he played a match against Dennis Istomin, uh, but it didn't finish because he had to pull out with an elbow injury. Now, um, you know, normally, obviously, you just kind of overlook this and just, you know, fair, you know, fair enough, he's injured to carry on, whatever. But um, he was scheduled, if he had won, to face an Israeli player in the next round, uh, Dudi Saylor. And apparently, there's, I think there are political tensions uh, between Tunisia and Israel, and the ATP got involved to just double check to make sure Yaziri's elbow injury was legit and he wasn't kind of um, pulling out so he didn't, face um someone from israel um so yes i thought that was a bit uh well i I didn't know that but regardless yaziri number one yeah well that could have been you could have been supporting a match fix for all these years joel no i'm sure i'm sure it was perfectly credible oh oh no (laughs) um but we actually crowdsourced some answers didn't we joel so um we had quite a lot of reaction on our twitter feed so thank you to everyone who, you know, gave us your responses. We've had a a fun time reading through, seeing who everyone has as their, you know, guilty pleasure. Some really interesting answers on both the men's and the women's side. Interestingly enough, for the men, I would say that Dan Evans was our most popular, uh, our most popular player. I mean, obviously, we do have a lot of British listeners and followers, so that probably does account for maybe... uh, the large amount of Dan Evans fans. But yeah, we had we had quite a lot, didn't we, Joel? Yes, we had uh, at Lynn Pin, Dan Evans for his single-handed backhand and determination to come back after the ban. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Red Tabby, Dan Evans, because he's completely turned himself around and has a great game. Um, yeah, lots of Dan Evans, lots of highlighting the fact that, you know, he's almost like gone through the ringer, you know, he got banned, he's come back, he's almost had... He's gone through redemption and, you know, now he's arguably playing the best tennis of his career. And we'll probably talk about it on Sunday, but in more detail, but he almost played, he probably played the best set of tennis I've ever seen. And and he still lost it against uh, Rafa Nadal earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. As we were recording this, it was the day of the, uh, the second round in uh, Montreal for the Coupe Roger. So Dan Evans uh, just lost, yeah, quite close against Rafa, but yeah, we had Brenda Parry uh, saying Dan Evans was a bit cheeky. Uh, he's got huge talent, slice backhand and feisty character. Jill Perry said uh, she likes Dan Evans for his silky skills. I quite, I quite liked that description, silky skills. And yeah, I think a lot of people have just, you know, been quite um, admiring of the fact that he's, you know, had such a climb up the rankings since coming back from his ban. And I think that, you know, that definitely is a large part due to his personality. And he is really, he's quite engaging to watch on court, isn't he? 
Yeah, I do actually liked uh, Jill Perry's specifically said his general cussedness with himself on court which i thought was fantastic it's like he's got this when he walks on court he's got this absolute disdain of being there it's like oh why am i here okay i'm just going to take it out on the the opponent opposite me on on the court yeah i mean when he gets you know when he get does get he does get really annoyed of himself doesn't he when he sort of you know knows he knows he can do better so i think when he underperforms it's just such a frustration but you expect that, don't you? You do expect that. Uh, but we also had quite a lot of, I don't know, what I would say quite flashy players that people quite liked. So a lot of people were talking about um, Dustin Brown, uh, you know, obviously who's very sort of dramatic personality to watch. He kind of goes in the like Monfils category, like diving all across the court. And I mean, I know those two have played doubles together, which has been quite quite a, a fun match to watch in the past so we had quite a few people saying Dustin Brown um Lynn Knott uh, said Dustin Brown but she also said Nicholas Mahu as well uh they have the best net skills in tennis what a doubles combination that would be Dustin Brown and Nicholas Mahu he's one of those players he could get in he should be able to get into like tournaments on charisma alone he should just yeah. get a wild card for charisma it's just plain and simple regardless of what his ranking is because He's like one of those players where I just feel like I only see him like turn up come the grass court season. I mean, I feel like, you know, he is a, well, I guess for me, he's like a grass, I would say a grass court specialist, but yeah, he's got great, um, he loves to dive, doesn't he, at at the net. He's got the talent to be in the top, you know, 100 all year round, but I, I, I don't know, there must be more going on that prevents him from actually fulfilling his potential as with so many other players. I mean, I remember when he, blasted Rafa off the court the second round of Wimbledon a couple of years back so that was obviously his most famous victory but yeah he he was quite a popular one amongst uh, our listeners but also I guess uh, you know we had quite a lot of other well sort of attractive stylistic players would you, would you say we had uh, John Wooders said Jill Simon very skillful player with a fun attitude I think you like a bit of Jill Simon yeah or Simon He's one of the few players for me still harkens back to the era I grew up with. I like to call it the, the Henman era. <laughs> I think he was sort of playing around around that time and he's still kind of left. And, you know, there's a few other players knocking about. I feel like, you know, maybe like Vadasco, for example. But um, he just plays. Yeah, I love his. I mean, I love his double handed backhand, actually. Um, and I just think, yeah, he's he's great, great to watch. Very pleasing on the eye on court, um, as is. um David Goffan, who at Tennis Addict 5 nominated. Goffan for his behaviour, his kindness, his game style, incredible backhand down the line, great movement, huge fighting spirit, fair play. Wow, that was quite a, a quite a summary of David Goffan. Um, yeah, he's, he's sort of, David Goffan, he seems like a very sweet person. He just sort of gets on with it. I've never heard a bad word said about him. Like I've never heard of him like moaning or having a go at anyone. He seems very like polite and respectful. I've seen him play in person a few times. You can see, you can see how his mind's working in terms of how he kind of is constructing the point. You know, he's not a person who's going to, you know, hit you off the court. He has to move the opponents around and and he's got great variety um, to do that. So yeah, he's a great player to watch. I think like, 
tactically. Um, and he's got a lot of the, you know, he's got all the shots and all the variety in the game, you know, to help kind of combat the fact that, you know, he's not, you know, six foot plus or, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and also Tennis Addict 5, he gave us one that no one else said. Um, he said, Mohammed Safwat, who's an Egyptian player. He said he's not famous. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of him. So he's not famous, but a great player, a hard worker. He was the first Egyptian in about 30 years to play a Grand Slam. So I think a special shout out to Mohamed Safwa for making history for Egypt. Exactly. And I love those players. Their ranking might not go to like, you know, top 10 to 20, but he's still number one in Egypt. An incredible achievement. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I should say... We, you know, we are talking about players that people follow that are not the big four, that are not the top 10. Uh, you know, some of them, like Jill Simon, I think he has been a top 10 player. Um, and obviously, you know, Dan Evans could very well be a top 10 player for all we know. But, you know, these are the players that are sort of the journeymen of the sport and just grind through day after day, year after year. And we're trying to give them a bit of credit here on the passing shot. Uh, for that um another guy i mean i would definitely concur with this one glennis furness has nominated james ward um she said he's definitely not obscure or eccentric but he's underrated by many and a really really nice guy and i think we you know we only really see james ward once a year popping up at queens but whenever i've seen him play at other events or wherever you know he's always conducted himself really well and he's you know a credit to british tennis i would say yeah, especially in, I think he's obviously come to the fore in Davis Cup a lot. Um, I'll always remember the match against the United States away when they played in that bar- baseball stadium, I think, on a clay court, some, something really random like that. Um, uh, and I think he beat, did he beat Sam Query in five sets, I think? Was it Maybe. Query or was it Isner? Um, it was one of them, wasn't it? But it was obviously a really important victory. And that was the year that we won the Davis Cup. Yes, I think so. And basically, James Ward plays above his ranking in Davis Cup. And I love him for that. Yes, get in, James Ward. So we had Matthew Halliday uh, at MH59BUR. Um, he said Benoit Pair for his eccentricities. I mean, I think I would have to concur. He's quite an eccentric player. He had an epic beard and an epic hairstyle quite recently so um didn't he have pink hair at one point i mean that's that's got to give you points i mean he he i don't know if you saw he's like trod on the net in his last match in, uh, <laughs> as in you the do uh, as as you do but yeah he's just like a bit of a he's such a wild card isn't he like just wasn't do whatever he like he want. naked on the court today or something in the rogers cup uh or coupe rogers wasn't he like in his pants on the court he was playing, um, he's been playing doubles with Stan the man ah. and Stan was getting changed on court and Benoit Pell was just like next to him, just like being like, looking at it and being like, whatever. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, but dear. yeah, he's, uh, I, yeah, I think he's hilarious because he's, he's one of those players as well. It's like his, you know, when it comes to like his calendar, his like tennis calendar and his events he chooses, he could just, he just like, he doesn't like fit doesn't like think about it meticulously i feel just like goes from tournament to tournament it's like oh the grass court seasons are coming up i'll play a clay court event in france and then that'll be my preparation for wimbledon as you do as you do (laughs) um we had quite a few people saying you know nick kyrgios as their as one of their favorites which i guess is understandable because 
you know, he's a massive talking point. And despite being a bit of a bad boy, he uh, he brings a unique proposition in tennis, uh, as at 55 Tension says. Um, uh, at Recam 18 said, uh, just because he encourages debate and is so, so talented, uh, they like Kyrgios. So yeah, a few shout outs for Nick Kyrgios uh, when we put this out to our listeners. I mean, I know you're quite a fan, Joel, aren't you? I, I get that he's like very polarizing, but again, I think he's great for tennis. I think he kind of like brings people into tennis that don't necessarily follow tennis. And for me, that can only be a good thing. Um, but talking about kind of unique propositions on court, we also had a few shout outs for Diego Schwartzman, who, again, I guess similar to David Goffan is short, um, you know, on the on the smaller side yeah, of the men's game, possibly the short. I mean, shortest is he the player? shortest? I, I think he might be. I think so. Well, he, he's carrying on the, you know, he's carrying on the Olivier Rockus, uh <laughs> like mantle. Or Christoph The, the Steve Dodsis mantle. <laughs> yes, Steve Dodsis. Or Darcy's. Christoph Rockus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, more, the more obscure Rockus, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, again, a unique, very unique proposition, you know, on a tennis court. You know, he's not necessarily going to be on like, a show court but if you're kind of at an event and he's on one on the one on the outside courts yeah definitely go and watch him because he's such a you know the way he has to kind of play his tennis is very you know different from you know a lot of guys who can kind of you know rely on a you know a quick point here and there with their first serve yeah and he's certainly done very well for himself I mean you know he's definitely worked his way up there um I this is one of my personal favorites Joel so we had at Lurbost Viking uh, say Mikhail Kukushkin. So I think this guy, Mad Martin, is from the the group of sort of diehard Mikhail Kukushkin fans that sort of turn up at Wimbledon every year. He said he's got a great backstory and we've watched him play Wimbledon first rounds against FedEx, Rafa and Andy. How unlucky is that? Um, and a really nice guy gave us all towels after his third round victory and invited us to his box for the fourth round. So seemingly a very generous player. And yeah, certainly a shout out to the Kukushkin fans and Kukushkin. I mean, I've seen quite a bit of Kukushkin because he's played quite a lot of doubles with, uh, with you know, my special Dennis Istomin. So they're sort of, you know, quite good friends, I think. So, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, Kim. I I just hope one day that Malik Yaziri invites me to his, <laughs> to, his uh, to his players <laughs> box. That will feel like that when I've made it. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe you, you with Istamin as well. Yeah, and maybe they'll be playing against each other. And it will be in opposing player boxes. But I did catch Dennis Istamin's eye once when we were having dinner at an Italian restaurant in Eastbourne. Uh, it's where a lot of the players go to eat, and you know, he sort of crossed eyes across the room, but. Um... <laughs> One of my memories, random memories. Um, going on with the show, um, Lurbos Viking also said Nicholas Basilashvili as one of their faves. Um, first time I saw him, it was like, holy moly, Wolverine slash Hugh Jackman is playing on Core 16. What a description, <laughs> hey? I mean, does, does he remind you of Hugh Jackman? Possibly. I mean, he's got that kind of like rugged demeanor rugged he does Georgian demeanor yeah rugged and like doesn't smile uh I feel he's becoming known for a player who doesn't smile because I think he won mm, did he win a title the other week he and, he, and he didn't 
he didn't win. Uh, yeah, he won Hamburg because he had that terrible that terrible trophy. Um, yeah, he he did smile like in the like press photos, and everyone was just like, "Oh, I love you," but smile. Why don't you smile? Well, he doesn't have to smile if he doesn't want to, does he? Well, I think he cheered up a little bit in Canada because on uh, I think I saw on on Coop Rogers' Twitter that they, they did manage to get a a rare sighting of the Basilashvili <laughs> smile. So uh, I think it does happen. But yeah, he's definitely got that sort of you know steely edge, rugged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we also had a shout out for Borna Korich, so young Croatian player. That was from Graham. Um, we had Brenda Parry again uh, saying Felix OJ Eliasim for his work ethic and attitude. Um, we also had uh, at GS underscore tennis prob. Um, he said he if he had to pick, or sorry, it might be a woman. Um, if they had to pick just two men, it would be OJ Eliasim and Philip Kohlschreiber because they both work really hard, um, but for different reasons. But I do love GS underscore tennis prop because they did list a whole host of players. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll just read them out very quickly. Team Sitspas, Zverev, Kachanov, Korich, Goffan, OJ Alisin, Wawrinka, Schwartzman, Lajevic, Puy, Shapovalov, Zher, Dimitrov, Songa, Kohlschreiber, Milman, Gasquet, Haas, uh, Munar, Istamin, Chung, Sagita and Daniel. So... This this person loves their tennis, loves their players. I mean, that's, that's that's great that they love so many different players. I think it's fantastic. Actually, Kim, I think there's a player there and actually no one actually mentioned them, which I was quite surprised by. Maybe it's because I think they've retired this year. Marcos Bagdatis. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. I think, again, is like a great, great player on the outside courts, always kind of has a, a crowd and a following and it's... I always I love it when he brings like the Greek Cypriots and they're a bit loud and it's a bit always um, quite a, a fun noisy. match to watch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I always think the, the the security are always on edge whenever like he's. I feel like he's playing and his fans are like getting rowdy. <laughs> From what I've seen, anyway, at what I saw of it at the Australian Open, anyway. Yeah, I mean Baghdad is playing in Australia. You kind of have to have ticked that off the list. I mean, I yeah, I saw a match. I think he was playing Rublev last year quite late on like court three or something court two and that was a really good match great atmosphere uh we also had quite a lot of people talking about feliciano lopez uh red tabby said because he's cute and he played fantastic tennis at queens i think that sums up quite nicely um and then mary dolson said it's all um well she said deliciano lopez it's all in the name and he plays gorgeous tennis so perhaps if we did a, a list of most attractive male tennis players, it sounds like Feliciano <laughs> Lopez might be topping that list. Um, <laughs> he is very model-esque, isn't he? Smoking eyes. <laughs> Mary Dawson also gave a shout out to Dolgopolov. Uh, she said she saw him at the Cincinnati Masters in 2015. He lost to Federer in the semifinals and was quite stylish. Um, although he doesn't seem to be playing at the moment. I think he's he's still quite injured, possibly. Yeah, I, I don't know what's happened there. But yeah, again, one of those players that I think is like a, a very much a unique proposition on court, but more to do with the sort of spin that he puts on the ball and the, the what, yeah, the, almost like the way he hits the ball. Because I think he's very tricksy in terms of, you know, you can do backspin, topspin and really kind of confuse opponents in the same way. I don't know, someone like a Suwe Shui or a, monica nicolescu does on the women's tour but um yes uh um yeah dolgopolov definitely is another one i think is a bit of a 
you know, an interesting guy to watch um, if you get the chance um, to do so at a live tennis event. Um, yeah, so uh, just kind of rounding off then the final kind of suggestions we had. Um, there was a shout out again from Red Tabby, Jay Clark. He's an mm-hmm. exciting yeah, young Jay player. Clark. Yeah, can't can't deny that as well. I think he's had a, you know, he's definitely kind of burst onto the scene. I think he's been playing some some great tennis. I'd love to see more of him, to be honest, on the ATP tour. Just I see agree. What he, see what yeah. he can do. And he's coached by his uh, brothers and sisters, isn't he? Which I think it's you know it's a real family affair. I think that's really nice. Uh, we also had uh, at. Juana Writer, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, not sure if she or he is Australian, but they nominated Alex de Menor for his his fight and wheels. Um, wheels. Love wheels. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also they nominated John Millman for his grit and for being so genuine. Um, I think we had another person talking about um, John Millman. Yeah, we had uh, Jimmy Miller who suggested John Millman. Uh, age 30, both had, uh, well, he said he's a great sport and a hard worker, um, along with Felix Auger-Aliassime. So again, a couple of people saying um, FAA. And yeah, I know I've got a, a fan. Um, shout out to Maria, if you're listening, but she is probably John Millman's biggest fan. I know she got like the night train and a night bus down from like the north of England to watch him play at Wimbledon in the third round this year. Um, so very dedicated John Millman fan. I think, though, um, oh, also we had um, Andrew Deakin uh, gave us Kokinakis, so another Australian player who, you know, has had such a terrible time with injuries. But um, Andrew said that, you know, Kokinakis would be a marketer's dream if he could get a clear run at the top 20. Um, he beat Zverev at the Hotman Cup two years ago. And I mean, I remember the first time we went to the AO, you know, he was you know being talked about a lot. And it just seems like he's not getting he's not in the conversation anymore because of his injuries. Yeah, it's really a shame because I've the way I kind of describe it, he was like the next gen before the next gen. And, you know, he, he obviously had a lot of promise. I think, you know, to begin with, actually, I think he had more promise than um, Nick Kyrgios, but it's kind of gone, you know, they've kind of like, they've kind of gone in opposite directions, which is a shame because yeah, Kokonakis brings a lot, brings a lot to tennis court. He brings a lot of, you know, he's, he's got, he's a fun guy, um, brings a lot of kind of charisma and attitude, you know, typically in an Aussie way, um and uh yeah but uh yeah like, let's hope to see him on a, on court soon because yeah i think he's he's great for and just game. to finish off uh we had a shout out for fabio fognini uh mary dolson again she said that her husband reminded her that the player she always watches is fabio fognini he's known in their household as the pirate of the atp i'm not so sure about pirate i would just say he's the italian film star because he seems to like swan around the court as if he's on some kind of movie set. That's that's how I interpret Fabio Fognini. Um, Kim, I'm completely with really? Mary. I the can pirate? kind of see the pirate. The pirate. The pirate of the ATP. The pirate. Swash, swashbuckling his way. Is that way. not Rafa? Swashbuckling Is that not Rafa? his way. Is that not Rafa? I don't know. Does Rafa look like a he pirate? He used to when he had like his long hair and his pirata pants. Like they called them pirata pants. Like, you know, when he won Roland Garros 2005, people were sort of describing him in swashbuckling kind of ways. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give the last uh, nomination to Phil for his probably most random suggestion of the, of the night. Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson, what is that about? 
he he's directed this straight at me, which I I mean I think it's it's in reference to I mean we must have seen him play at the Australian Open with uh, along with like kind of forty other matches we kind of watched together. But um, Stevie J, I, I guess you know the way I kind of I think I was saying it. I think he's just like a budget Mardi Fish. <laughs> I mean I'm probably I'm probably was gonna Mardi Fish I'm probably angered ever some... that amazing. I mean well. I don't know. I, Steve Johnson. I, I probably, I've probably angered some fans, some Stevie, Stevie J. I think fans, he's supposed but, to be uh, a really, really nice guy, but I just feel he's quite boring. But then I guess you know that's the whole point of this of this discussion is that these are the players that we love for various reasons. Um, you know why not? So yeah, why not Steve Johnson? Um, <laughs> Oh, and just a shout out, we haven't talked about any doubles players, really. So Stephen Holland has um, sent in Bruno Suarez and Wes Kuhlhoff. Um, He always supports them. They're both really nice guys and always remember him and other fans. And I have to say, I now am following the career of Wesley Kuhlhoff because I had never seen him play before, but I watched him at Wimbledon. And I I watched seven sets in one day of Wes Kuhlhoff. And I'm now a fan because he seems really cool. Um, oh, it's in the name. He's a cool guy. He's a cool, cool Hoff. I would just have him on the list because of his Yeah, it's a, it's a cool name, right? <laughs> so thanks to all of our Passing Shot listeners who have nominated their favourite ATP players um, that they love to follow and giving us their reasons why. We've really enjoyed making this episode and we're going to probably do some more crowdsourced episodes in the future. So if you want to be involved in that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Passing Shot Pod as any sort of discussion points we'll be, we'll be putting out on there to let everyone know. But for now, thanks for listening. Me and Kim will be back towards the end of this week to wrapping up uh, the Rogers Cup, the Coop Rogers, um, and also looking forward to Cincinnati. Uh, so we hope you can join us then. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating, give us a comment. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, we really uh, would appreciate it. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.